0: Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. Football is marching towards the playoffs, and we're down to the college championship game. And BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the sports action this January. Head to our website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code Believe B-L-E-A-V. B-L-E-A-V. To receive your 50% bonus, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2022 season. Bet online, where the game starts. Good. on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it's a podcast. Welcome in, everybody. It is January 11th, according to my count. May not be that according to your count, but we appreciate you stopping in anyways. Please leave those five-star reviews, downloads, all that great stuff, even a follow. Follow's much appreciated, so you can keep coming back. I know most of you already follow us here because there hasn't been much advertising in the wake of losing comical sports, but still appreciate each and every one of you stopping in here. We thought we were going to have a championship recap with our buddy Blake Jude, but he has uh, come down with COVID, so he is out of commission for the time being. We wish him well. Uh, I especially wish him well because I know it's a difficult time for a lot of people and losing the ability to speak right before the cincinnati Bengals playoff game is is probably unfortunate and, and you know it, it's a high and low time in the world right now i will say so rest up get well my friend i will take it solo here to talk about stetson bennett kia chevy subaru honda volkswagen winning the national championship for the University of Georgia. I've also got some thoughts on the coaching cycle again with Brian Flores getting fired, kind of being the catalyst for this conversation. But let's talk about Stetson Bennett. And the first place to go, of course, is this skit that we did last week that talks about them not winning the championship, but they did win the championship. Not our proudest work, but you know what? It will last in the archives forever because Stetson Bennett IV... The legend who we discovered at the SEC championship in 2018 when Tua got hurt and Jalen Hurts came in and replaced him and led them to a victory over Georgia by comeback. A year after Georgia had lost a comeback where Jalen Hurts got benched for Tua, Georgia had lost three SEC championships, one national championship to Alabama, and Stetson Bennett fourth. Breaks the Georgia curse with 21 fourth quarter points. I know Stetson Bennett didn't have points on the pick six, but Georgia ends up winning the championship and doing the thing that I didn't expect to happen, which was Georgia out muscling, out toughing Alabama. Alabama just ran out of players at the end and ran out of gas. And Georgia, like, better team pushed around Alabama, and we just don't see it very often. It's. One of those moments where we always say, is this the beginning of the end of the dynasty? And now you can start to say, within the next five years, probably going to decline. I don't have the gall to say it's going to start now or this is the last time we're going to see Bama in this position. But when you see a team being able to out-tough Alabama, it gives that thought in people's minds. I'm not going to be the one to say it because I don't think it's true. I think Alabama is going to be back in the championship next year because why would I bet against that? Anyways, Stetson, Bennett, Kia, Chevy, Subaru, Honda, Volkswagen, they are selling all the deals on new cars because Georgia won the championship by out-toughing Alabama at the very end after playing a physical grinding game they wanted to and just giving Alabama no chance, no chance to run the football. Uh, Georgia and Jamison Williams getting hurt. We'll get, actually, let's get to that in a second. Let's just play the Stetson Bennett clip real quick. Hey, Georgia. Are you looking forward to the national championship game? Of course you are. But you know what else you could be looking for? A new, used, lightly used, upgrade or downgrade on your car. If you're looking for the best options out there on the market, then you need to come on down to the one and only Stenson Bennett Kia Chevy Subaru Honda Volkswagen of Georgia. (laughs) That's right, not only is Stenson Bennett the quarterback of the national championship contending Georgia Bulldogs, but he's also here to give you the best deals. You see, Stenson has no real future prospects in the NFL, and as a walk-on football player at the University of Georgia, Stenson is here to sell you all of the wonderful new used trade-ins, slightly upgrade or slightly downgraded cars at your disposal. Get a fantastic 2022 off your latest purchase or trade-in if you get in before the national championship game. And if Georgia wins the national championship game, which they will not, you will get a whopping 22% off championship bonus on a brand new Kia, Chevy, Subaru, Honda, or Volkswagen. So come on in today to the one And only Stenson Bennett, Kia, Chevy, Subaru, Honda, Volkswagen today. Shout out to Spencer Hall on Twitter. Uh, Spencer Hall, the best damn college football writer in America and host of my favorite, favorite show, The Shutdown Fullcast, the internet's only college football podcast. Uh, they, with the line that I wish we could have added to our Stetson Bennett clip about him being a a used car salesman or car salesman in the state of Georgia, which is, I know a thing or two about big drives and you can drive off in a new Subaru today. And so good. I wish I could have included that in the bit that we did last week. Yeah. Uh, back to what I was talking about in actual game analysis, Bryce Young could survive losing John Mechie. He couldn't lose. Survive, sur- couldn't survive losing John Mechie and Jamison Williams because Georgia, again, Georgia, one of the best rushing defenses in college football i've ever seen like any of us have ever seen i don't care how old you are one of the best in the history of college football at stopping the run just nothing brian robinson could do no push from the alabama front no chance they could do anything to kobe dean amazing at covering sideline to sideline it's freaking ridiculous how good he is and all the great players on the front line for georgia like nothing they could do and when they took away the running game And Alabama lost their two-star wide receivers, and it was a lot of, like, Slay Bolden and big white guys catching passes, kind of like Gronk, but they don't run as fast as Gronk. And a couple of freshman wide receivers, four-and-a-half and and five-star freshmen, but still freshman wide receivers. It is, I, I looked at it, I'm like, Okay, that's that you can't overcome all that. And Georgia just then just started blitzing five on every play. They just said, You're not going to have more than three seconds to throw the ball. You don't have timing with these receivers. You don't really have timing with Slay Bolden. And we have athletes all over the field, too. We're just going to blitz you every single time because we're better, stronger, faster. Even if they aren't really bigger, stronger, faster, Alabama lost just enough players where it kind of became bigger, stronger, faster. And I talked about this on the post game show we did on slump buster yesterday you can check that out as well with the link in the description to this episode it's like cksaml productions or whatever but the point being alabama in that game and in this season was replacing first round quarterback mac jones first round running back Najee harris top 10 pick jalen waddle top 12 pick Devonta Smith just on the offensive side of the ball. Like skill position players, quarterback and running back, replaced all of them this year. And because it's Alabama, we just expect that they'll get to that point. But at a certain point you lose first round wide you lose four first round wide receivers, first round running back and a first round quarterback. At a certain point that is going to catch up. Like it, there's going to be a team closer than Alabama. And honestly, it's an amazing testament to what Alabama has built over the last 12 years is that they could lose four first round wide receivers, two first round quarterbacks and one first round running back and still get themselves to within a punching chance of winning the national championship. Being up 19 or 18-12, being up 18-12 with 7 minutes left to go in the national championship, like winning the national championship game with 7 minutes to go. And they got within that point because Alabama is this factory that Nick Saban was complaining about a little bit in a press conference where he's like, NIL can change that balance of power and create a superpower the way we did under the table for 15 years, and now someone else can do it, whether it's Georgia or whether it's Texas A&M or whatever it ends up being. Someone else can do what we've been doing under the table for all these years, and so... Alabama, the fact that they even got that close is kind of ridiculous. The closest thing we have to Alabama in the last 20 years of college football, I mean 15 years ballpark because of USC, but in the time of Alabama, the closest thing we've had to that is Clemson. Clemson is the thing that we've most regarded as being Alabama. They beat them twice in championship games, two titles in six years, kept uh, kept it going from Deshaun Watson-era team to Trevor Lawrence-era team and bringing in the five stars and bringing in Travis Etienne and bringing in what we thought at the time was going to be three first-round wide receivers, and Amari Rogers got drafted, and Justin Ross had an injury, and T. Higgins ends up going to the NFL as a late second-round pick, but they had like three first-round caliber wide receivers. And that was the closest thing to Alabama. And as soon as the well dried up, players stopped coming to to Clemson. They missed on a quarterback. Boom, they're playing in the Cheez-It Bowl this season. And Brett Venables is leaving. And the, uh, J- the athletic director goes to the University of Miami. Tony Elliott goes to Duke. Their co-offensive coordinator left for South Florida. Like... The entire ship blows up, and it's over at that point. They're not the team that they once were. They're not going to compete for championships again. They'll get close to championships, and they'll get blown out by Alabama's and Georgia's. But, you know, six years, and it's done. Like they, they replaced everyone one time, won a championship, and then it was over. And Alabama's done this four, five, six times with a factory. And the fact that they turned it over in one year and still got this close to a championship is the great testament to how Nick Saban, how great this this run is, is that they're so far ahead of everyone else. They've played in six of the last seven championship games. They've won three of the, three of them, three of six championship games. And the thing I say all the time about the NFL is, when you get to the final four teams, everyone is evenly matched. Everyone has great players. Everyone probably has an elite quarterback. Once you get to that point at the very end, it's pretty much coin toss game after coin toss game. Once you get to the four elite teams in the NFL, it's coin tosses. It's why it's so remarkable when teams get to within... Within getting to a conference championship is the testament that's amazing. The greatest part of the Patriots dynasty is, yes, they won six championships. The fact that they went to 15 conference championship games in 20 years is the great testament to the Patriots dynasty that every single year they were elite. For 20 years, every single year, they were an elite team. 75% of the time they got to conference championship games. Aaron Rodgers has essentially played in seven conference championship games, if they make it this year, because they're an elite team this year. If you count the 15-1 season where they get an upset, whatever, play the results. Basically seven conference championship games for Aaron Rodgers in 15 years. Kansas City Chiefs are essentially going to do it for four consecutive years to launch this dynasty. To get that close is pretty dang remarkable. And for Alabama to be there every single year, except for the one year that they had to retool the roster because Tua Tagovailoa blew out his hip— Late in the season like you take out that one season and by the way happen to be playing in the same conference that once in a lifetime you have two of the five best receivers in the NFL to enter I'd say probably the two best receivers to enter the NFL in the last five years happened to play at the exact same school with an elite NFL quarterback. Like, it's pretty freaking remarkable when you think about it like that, that they had an elite NFL quarterback and the two best wide receivers to play, or to enter the NFL in the last five years, happened to play on the same team with that magical LSU championship. And they carried Ed Orgeron to a championship, and two years later, Ed Orgeron's gone. The ultimate testament to Alabama is the fact that they got there in One year and we take it for granted, but it's pretty freaking remarkable because no one else can do it. Two years Ed Orgeron gone after winning a championship. Clemson turned it over one time and then it fell apart. Alabama's done this like three, four, five, six different times and Alabama's done it with only one year of turnaround time. They replaced the running back, they replaced the quarterback, won a Heisman Trophy, uh, replaced two wide receivers with two more first-round wide receivers, which they did the year before, too, because in 2020, Henry Ruggs was a first-round wide receiver. Jerry Judy was a first-round wide receiver. Replaced those two with Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddell. And then the next year, replaced him with Jamison Williams and John Mechie, who were both going to be first-round picks pre-injury. It all comes together for Alabama every single year, And it's pretty freaking remarkable that they were even that close. And then at the very end, a Georgia team that had eight five-star recruits in the 2018 recruiting class. And the reason I say 2018 is because those players would be seniors this season. Eight first-round pick, or sorry, eight five-stars, which essentially are first-round picks. Because there's usually only about 35 five-stars every recruiting cycle. Georgia got eight of them. And those players weren't even the ones that were major contributors. Nicobe Dean was not a five star recruit for them. Jordan Davis was not a five star recruit. Obviously, not Stetson Bennett. George Pickens was, but James Cook wasn't. The star running back was not a five star recruit for Georgia. Like, they had eight five stars who were supposed to be seniors this year. That includes, like, Justin Fields, who obviously did not even stay that long. At Georgia because he left after one year. Like, Georgia had that team with five stars and then got diamonds in the rough all over the place. And yes, one team with a perfect confluence of events ended up taking down Alabama. Georgia's gonna be right up there with Alabama for the next few years. I feel pretty confident saying they're going to be one of these like three teams that consistently makes the playoffs, the way Clemson did, the way Ohio State does. They're going to be right there because they can run through the SEC East just like they did this year with inferior competition, get an undefeated season or maybe one loss if they have a difficult opponent, win an SEC championship, lose an SEC championship with one loss, make it to the college football playoff, and maybe the college football playoff will expand at this point. Georgia's going to be right there. I don't know if they win another national championship, because like in the era of Saban, even Ohio State only wins one national championship, and Clemson only wins two national championships in the era of Nick Saban. But at the same time, I think that George is going to be that mountaintop for at least a couple years until they have to replace people and the game is changing in college football and it's all becoming more professional and georgia has resources to compete at those highest levels if they so choose as in this era of saban it's so hard to replace and we take it for granted how saban replaced players so easily this year with a team that by the way like one saban might have actively hated and two was one of the least talented Alabama teams of the last 10 years with one of the weakest Heisman Trophy winners in all of college football in the last 10 years, and they still got to the championship. And I don't know if we take it for granted or if we question the greatness or whatever we do after the championship. Maybe people are ready to appreciate the greatness. Maybe people have appreciated the greatness for decades now, but the short-sighted part of it is yeah Alabama loses and yeah it's starting to look like how these things edge out which is Nick Saban complaining about the changing era of college football and the game changes in front of you and all of a sudden now you're getting three million dollar quarterbacks thrown around with Caleb Williams offered one million dollars to go to Eastern Michigan and just you know people going to Jackson State because Jackson State's willing to put resources in this college football game like all of it being more open, more transparent. Which is better, by the way? It's just change, and this is usually how the dynasty comes to a close. It's USC complains about change. Mac Brown complains about change, and then before you know it, Mac Brown's losing to Nick Saban eleven years ago now, or twelve years ago now, to jumpstart the Alabama dynasty because that was Alabama's first championship. Was Mac Brown and Colt McCoy? That was Alabama's first championship twelve years ago. And you see it change in front of your eyes and Sabin runs the sport for 15 years. And this is usually how these things start to change is massive change in the the sport landscape, like a massive rule change in the sport, whether it be the transfer portal, whether it be name image likeness rules, uh, making things more transparent back in the day. It was the Reggie Bush scandal that scared everyone straight, and it was Nick Saban creating this factory of "I'm going to get you to the NFL." Like it's no longer about trying to win a national championship in college. It is, we're going to get you to the NFL, one and done. College is now use that same experiment in the in college football. The way college basketball does one and done, we're going to be a factory to get people to the NFL. And the benefit of that is all the five stars will come through our program and we'll be able to win a national championship. It's a nice bonus, but ultimately we're just trying to get people to the NFL. That model changed with one and done in the NBA, matriculating into college football. Saban builds that into a national champion that wins six championships. And the college football playoff model incentivizes that all that stuff money influx in the sport massive change in 2010 2020 massive change in college football Saban loses this game and you start to see the the complaining about how the game is changing in front of your eyes and then the game changes in front of your eyes and all of a sudden you're still pretty good but you're not winning championships I'm not saying it's not going to happen to Alabama it's going to happen to have to happen eventually like This will not last forever. Like, that's granted. Like, even the Patriots fell apart spectacularly. Even the Spurs fell apart spectacularly when they drove Kawhi Leonard away. Like, none of this is guaranteed. But this is how you start to see the waves of change ever so slightly. But just let's appreciate it for what it is right now. Because we're living through something that... Even if we get something kind of close, which is six championships in 12 years and playing in 10 national championship games, it's never going to look exactly like this ever again in the sport. And so, yes, this is how things start to change. Yes, we can have the conversation about how three years from now it probably won't look the same for Alabama or five years from now or six years from now it won't look the same and it won't last forever. But man, we should really enjoy it as it is, because it's freaking ridiculous that Alabama was even here. By the normal standards of college football, it's absolutely ridiculous that Alabama was up 18-12 over Georgia, and I picked Alabama to win without even thinking twice. It's pretty freaking remarkable how all of this has gone for the Alabama Crimson Tide, and... Georgia gets that championship. Georgia's been that team knocking on the door for years in the SEC East, just dominating the way Alabama dominates the SEC West, or the way Clemson dominated the ACC, or the way Ohio State dominates the Big Ten. Just resources upon resources upon resources. We're going to beat everybody. And it's just a matchup between the other teams that have resources upon resources upon resources. Georgia was knocking on the door the whole time. Georgia's now won their one. Ohio State won their one and got to two. They're in that same category. In the college football playoff era, Ohio State won championship two, uh, won championship in two years of making the championship game. Won one, lost one. Georgia won one, lost one against Saban. Ohio State, same thing. Beat Saban to win the championship, lost to Saban in the championship last year. Georgia lost in the championship to Saban, wins the championship against Saban this year. Dabo, two championships. Both against Nick Saban. Perfect transition from Deshaun Watson to Trevor Lawrence. Now it's over. Run over for Clemson. Six years, done. They're not going to really compete for championships ever again. And the flip side of that is Saban, three championships, six tries in seven years. Pretty freaking ridiculous. And it's just setting the bar so far ahead of everyone else. I don't think it's going to last into another decade. Like when I say welcome to a decade of mediocrity or welcome to a decade of dominance. When I say the Chiefs can run this shit for 10 years. Alabama's not going to run this shit for 10 years. They're probably going to win another championship. And it'll be less stoic and less kind of factory-esque the way they've won these last couple championships because it's really not going to last forever. And it's not going to last more than probably five more years. And that's just the changing landscape of sport. That's the way that things normally work. And yet Saban's done it time and time and time again. And it's just this amazing machine that has been built up over years and years and years. And yes, they lose to Georgia, but it's still a goddamn machine that we probably won't talk about for another nine months. But we probably should, because right up there with the Patriots, it's the most goddamn remarkable thing in any sport, anywhere, what Alabama's done over this time. The fact that they were up 18-12, to and I just assumed they were going to win that championship game is an exact testament to just how great this thing really is. So on a day Georgia wins their first championship and it's all sunshines and rainbows and fun there. And the best team in college football won the championship representative sample size. Like college football does often have the best team in college football does usually win the championship happened in, 2017 happened in 2018 2019 2020 and 2021 best team in the regular season ended up winning the championship it just was you know the one year deshaun watson won the championship alabama was probably better just clemson won a toss-up game at the end every other year in between best teams won the championship usually what happens in college football the same the sample sizes are so small that it does end up working out that way and Georgia won the championship. That was pretty much something we could have talked about back in October and November. Even though I picked Alabama to win, it was right in front of our faces. And losing Jameson Williams and losing John Mechie and not being able to run the ball the way they did in the SEC championship game did in Alabama. Yeah, there's your two minutes on the Georgia Bulldogs winning the championship. I just want to take the time to marvel at this factory Saban has created while we still have the chance. Plus, in reality, the only real analysis we need on the University of Georgia is our wonderful video that we made. Hey, Georgia, are you looking forward to the national championship game? Of course you are. But you know what else you could be looking for? A new, used, lightly used, upgrade or downgrade on your car. If you're looking for the best options out there on the market, then you need to come on down to the one and only stenson bennett kia chevy subaru honda volkswagen of georgia (laughs) That's right, not only is Stenson Bennett the quarterback of the national championship contending Georgia Bulldogs, but he's also here to give you the best deals. You see, Stenson has no real future prospects in the NFL, and as a walk-on football player at the University of Georgia, Stenson is here to sell you all of the wonderful new used trade-ins, slightly upgrade or slightly downgraded cars at your disposal. Get a fantastic 2022 off your latest purchase or trade in if you get in before the national championship game. And if Georgia wins the national championship game, which they will not, you will get a whopping 22% off championship bonus on a brand new Kia, Chevy, Subaru, Honda, or Volkswagen. So come on in today to the one. And only Stenson Bennett, Kia, Chevy, Subaru, Honda, Volkswagen today. So Brian Flores got fired and we kind of did the Black Monday podcast on memes of the weekend, which by the way, you should definitely still check out on the Take It Easy podcast. We we did the memes of the weekend version of laughing at Matt Nagy and Mike Zimmer getting fired and we thought David Cully, but it looks like David Cully's still employed for the time being. and. You know, Gettleman got fired, but Joe Judge saved, and we laughed at that two weeks ago. But Brian Flores getting fired was genuinely shocking. And I was uh, recording the Red Rain podcast with our friend Walter Mitchell. Shout out to our buddy Walter. And we f- finished recording, found out Flores had been fired, and were both baffled by the Dolphins' decision. And my first instinct there is... The Miami Dolphins are making a, an inept decision, and the Miami Dolphins are kings of making inept decisions. The Dolphins went 20 years right now, 20 years without making the playoffs and two thousand, or without winning a playoff game. Two thousand was their last playoff victory. Uh, they've got, they've made two playoff appearances in the time being. They didn't win either game. One playoff appearance in the entire 2000s. One playoff appearance in the entire 2010s. Just 20 years. Poorly run organization, happens to exist in the same division as the Patriots. Buffalo didn't make the playoffs for 17 years. Jets had two seasons of success, and then they fell off the table, and they haven't made the playoffs in 10 years. So, you know, ineptly run organization across the board. And Stephen Ross, universally regarded as one of those meddling owners that messes up their franchise's chances because he thinks he knows more than the people who are qualified and put in places to make decisions with the franchise. And so the Miami Dolphins messed up drafting Tua Tagovailoa over Justin Herbert. And that seems to be the crux of why Brian Flores ended up getting fired. Because Brian Flores could not have done better than what he did, and the only way Brian Flores does any better is, yes, you beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in London instead of losing. If Matthew Wright misses a 43-yard field goal instead of makes it, Brian Flores keeps his job because the Dolphins are in the playoffs today. If you tie the, the Jacksonville Jaguars instead of losing in London, you're in the playoffs today because you make it over the Pittsburgh Steelers as the seven seed and Brian Flores keeps his job, but Brian Flores gets fired for that one result, a fallout with Chris Greer, who by the way, drafted Tua over Herbert drafted Austin Jackson is responsible for the worst offensive line in the NFL this year, ranked 32nd out of 32 and drafted Noah. I can't pronounce his last name with a first round pick that they got really like all the Laramie Tunsil picks have kind of gone to shit. Like, They had five, essentially five first round picks for Laramie Tunsell, and they turned it into Tua, Austin Jackson, Noah, I can't pronounce his last name, and spent two of them on Jalen Waddle. So you have Waddle to show for it. Maybe Tua's okay, but you basically get Jalen Waddle to show for having five first round picks. One of the great trade robberies in the history of the NFL. They got five first round picks for Laramie Tunsell, and they have basically nothing to show for it. And the Miami Dolphins have been inept for a long time. And by the way, this doesn't like start to end. You know how we make jokes about the Bengals haven't won a playoff game since 1991? Like the Dolphins are headed to that territory. Like the Dolphins are not going to be good for the next decade unless they get Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson had been forcing his way behind the scenes to the Miami Dolphins even as he's going through an ongoing legal situ- uh, an ongoing legal fight because he sexually assaulted and sexually sexually assaulted potentially 2 women and sexually harassed 22 other women and has basically been put on administrative leave by the NFL through all of this season and will face a suspension next season as time served for what is really one of the most gross sexually predatory cases we've seen in the NFL and any sports team Like, we've seen rape cases from Ben Roethlisberger and rape cases from Kobe Bryant, but sexually harassing, a predatory sexually harassing is something that hasn't really existed in sports, or at least hasn't come to light in this same way while a player is active and one of the 10 best players in the NFL. But Deshaun Watson was working behind the scenes while going through the legal issues to get to the Miami Dolphins. He wanted to waive his no-trade clause for the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins had the most draft capital, and he wanted to play with Brian Flores and Chris Greer. And this is the messed up thing I realized today with Brian Flores. Because, again, nothing Brian Flores could have done more. Like If he, if he gets fired today, he was going to get fired no matter what. The only way he keeps his job is if the Dolphins get Justin Herbert instead of Tua. It's the only way he keeps his job, as if they happen to draft Justin Herbert over Tua. He did everything he possibly could with the rosters he was given. If we assume that he had no say on personnel decisions, everything he could with the rosters he was given still gets fired at the end of the day. There's literally nothing he could have done better. The team that he inherited three years ago lost 59-10 to to the Baltimore Ravens the first week of the season, and the next week traded Minka Fitzpatrick for a first-round pick. Just, we are tanking for the number one pick, we are tanking for Tua, and they ended up winning five games out of it. Got the five pick, still ended up getting Tua because Tua broke his hip in his last year in college. And Tua Tagovailoa was the wrong pick, could have had Joe Burrow if they tanked correctly, could have just drafted Justin Herbert at pick five, like Stripe Hype said they probably should have. Blake Chude kind of got that one, even if he was going back and forth on it a little bit. Kind of got that one with Justin Herbert. And so Tua Tungavailoa ends up being the pick. It's the roster that he's given. Flores doesn't really want to play Tua. Like he kept Fitzmagic in. Organization says in the bye week last year, you have to play Tua. He switches to Fitzpatrick a couple of times. This year put Jacoby Brissett in while Tua was hurt. Played through the entire season with Jacoby Brissett. And still, or, or with Jacoby Brissett being like his preferred option for a good portion of the season, until it became clear Jacoby Brissett wasn't actually that good, and a beat up on some inferior quarterbacks. The Miami Dolphins did everything right with Brian Flores. He overachieved with the rosters that he had. Won 10 games last year, 9-8 and 8 this year, 5-11 and 11 in the first season. All overachievements based on the talent on paper for the Miami Dolphins, and he still got fired. There's literally nothing he could have done. Like, Brian Flores was hired three years ago with the intention that he was going to get fired at the end of three years. Seems to be the case there. Dolphins were in a rough place organizationally. They were headed towards a total teardown. They had just fired Adam Gase. Literally nothing the Dolphins could have done to Brian Flores couldn't have done anything more other than beat Jacksonville. But Brian Flores is no better or no worse a coach because they lost one game to Jacksonville. The only way Brian Flores is still employed today is if they had drafted Justin Herbert instead of Tua tunga And this is the messed up part about all of this is Brian Flores is a totally interchangeable coach. And the Miami Dolphins are a totally incompetent organization, and if they get Deshaun Watson, they're probably going to make the AFC Championship game next year. Because Deshaun Watson was up 24-0 against the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs, divisional round two years ago, and he's never had a defense as good as the defense that the Miami Dolphins present. That is the messed up part about this game, is if you don't have a franchise quarterback and you haven't proven your commodity in the past you are goddamn interchangeable. And even if you have been a proven commodity in the past, you're still goddamn interchangeable. Andy Reid got fired by the Eagles as soon as they couldn't figure out the quarterback position. John Harbaugh was about to get fired by the Baltimore Ravens before they drafted Lamar Jackson. He was like five weeks away from getting fired, and they had a miraculous playoff run, and Lamar Jackson turns into an MVP they're talking about Mike Tomlin going to USC because that quarterback situation is so shit in Pittsburgh. Like we are looking at a situation where if you don't have one of those elite quarterbacks, you don't have job security. And this is the interesting part about Brandon Staley and Zach's Taylor And Cliff Kingsbury and Sean McDermott, that I find fascinating. They've hit the golden ticket on the quarterback position. I have no idea if they're good coaches or not. I'm not even certain if Matt LaFleur is a great coach. I know he's not a bad coach, I know he's a good coach. I don't know if he's a great coach. There's really about eight great coaches in the NFL, and there's really about eight great quarterbacks in the NFL. And if you don't have one of those in between, it's kind of hard to do the evaluation. I don't even know if Bruce Arians is a great coach. I know Tom Brady is a great quarterback still. I don't know if Bruce Arians is a great coach or if Bruce Arians is just a good coach. But at any given time, we're talking about like Hall of Fame caliber coaches. We're looking at right now in the NFL, Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, Sean McVay, Mike Tomlin, Sean Payton, John Harbaugh. Uh, I would throw Pete Carroll in the mix there. I think Pete Carroll's still a really good coach, but again, sometimes it just doesn't work out. <laughs> I think Pete Carroll is a really, really good coach, and it just might not work out for him. And uh, yeah, that might be, that might be about it. And maybe I'm forgetting one just off the top of my head. I'm just kind of like filibustering and trying to go through it real quick. No, I think I think I got pretty much everyone. I think those are like the seven that we're talking about as, like, great, great coaches. Maybe you can throw Shanahan in there. Like, maybe if you really want to throw Shanahan in there, but I wouldn't do it. So, like, that's seven coaches that we can think of off the top of our head that are really strong, and eight quarterbacks at any given time that are, like, game-changing, elevate-everyone-around-them type of quarterbacks. If I'm doing it off the top of my head, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson... Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, like that's nine right there. Tom Brady, 10. So like 10 game-changing quarterbacks, 8 to 10 game-changing quarterbacks, and 6 to 7 game-changing coaches. And it's only when those coaches and those quarterbacks happen to cross paths that you really find something special. Whether it's Sean Payton and Drew Brees, you happen to find something really, really special. Tony Dungy and Peyton Manning. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, like really something special when you get that luck of the draw of great coach crossing path with great quarterback. But there are also cases where great coaches don't have a quarterback. Sean Payton doesn't have a quarterback anymore. Mike Tomlin, great Hall of Fame coach, doesn't have a quarterback anymore. Still made it to the playoffs, doesn't have a good quarterback anymore. John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson, perfect combination, and I wish those two would have stayed healthy because I think Baltimore would have been competing for Super Bowls each of the last two seasons. Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll. Again, you could argue the merits of Pete Carroll and you could argue the merits of Russell Wilson. Both of them are kind of pushing the edge of elite quarterback and elite coach, but they are undoubtedly Really, really, really good. Pete Carroll's kind of becoming expendable, too, towards the back end of his career. Like, he might be gone by the time you're listening to this. It's really, really magical when you get that combination. But if you're not in one of those positions, you're pretty much disposable. And it's so simplistic. And yet, the quarterback position, when you have a quarterback that can elevate the players around them, it creates such... A ridiculous competitive edge that the Dolphins are incentivized to keep shooting for the quarterback position until they get one or trade for Deshaun Watson no matter the cost or teams trying to trade for Aaron Rodgers, no matter the reputation, no matter what no matter the age, no matter what, just getting in that game matters so, so much. And if you have an elite coach, To pair with an elite quarterback, yeah, it's kind of enticing if you're Sean Payton, if one of those jobs comes open for one of those quarterbacks. I don't know if Sean Payton would have left for the Chargers job, but, you know, imagine the Packers job came open again and you knew Aaron Rodgers was going to be there. Sean Payton might go sign up for that. If, you know, Pete Carroll is gone, I don't know if he'd sign up for that, but if Pete Carroll goes, you sure you don't want to sign up for five years of Russell Wilson? Even on the back end of your career, instead of playing the game of just hoping and praying you find a quarterback or find an elite defense, because there are cases of teams that do win without either without an elite coach or an elite quarterback. But they're few and far between like we're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles with Doug Peterson and Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. It only took a top five defense and the greatest offensive line ever assembled in the history of the NFL like it took the greatest offensive line ever three hall of famers on that offensive line jason peters lane johnson jason kelsey all hall of famers all on the same offensive line just by luck of the draw all of them happened to be there at the same time just all time and brandon brooks who got a six-year contract extension so brandon brooks Pro Bowl level offensive lineman, Pro Bowl right guard, Hall of Fame center, Hall of Fame left tackle, Hall of Fame right tackle. Greatest offensive line ever assembled. The Minnesota Vikings got to a conference championship with Case Keenum. It took one of the best defenses of the last 10 years just to get that close and a Minnesota miracle took a Minnesota miracle to get there. San Francisco 49ers took one of the youngest, most talented defenses of the last five years. Legion of Boom, because Russell Wilson wasn't quite that great at the time. Greatest defense maybe ever assembled. Denver Broncos Super Bowl with Peyton Manning and Gary Kubiak. No fly zone. One of the great defenses in the NFL. It takes something really, really special besides that to break the matrix a little bit. To break through when you don't have that elite quarterback or an elite coach to at least keep you there. And even the coach... Without the quarterback is kind of just floating around in the middle of nowhere because it's really hard to win if you don't have one of those guys. Remember, for 20 years in the AFC, it was Brady, Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, and Patrick Mahomes. If you weren't one of those guys, you didn't play in the Super Bowl for 20 years, except for one Joe Flacco season and one Rich Gannon season. If not for those two, 20 years, those are the only quarterbacks that played in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady, 10. Peyton Manning, four, Ben Roethlisberger, two, Patrick Mahomes, two. 18 out of 20 years. And all of this math is changing now because if you're not one of these guys, people are realizing it's more incentivized to just keep trying and trying and trying and trying until you get one of them, especially at the quarterback position because I have no idea if Zach Taylor's a good coach or not. I have no idea if Brandon Staley's a good coach or not. I have no idea if... I'm pretty sure Cliff Kingsbury is not a great coach. And I'm pretty sure Sean McDermott is not a great coach, but they all have young franchise quarterbacks that help them elevate the teams around them and give them job security because they win a lot of games by virtue of having those guys. And so when it comes down to it, Brian Flores is the example that pushes over the edge. There's nothing Brian Flores could have done except draft Justin Herbert instead of Tua. And if not that, you're totally disposable. And say Brian Flores gets another job with, I don't know, the the Denver Broncos or the Las Vegas Raiders. And Derek Carr's kind of on the precipice of that franchise quarterback territory. Because I do think Derek Carr elevated the Raiders a bit this year. He played better than previous iterations of Derek Carr. Right on the precipice of that. If Brian Flores doesn't get a franchise quarterback, he's going to fail in those places too and become disposable. That's why I think those teams that don't have the franchise quarterback, or at least don't have like a pretend franchise quarterback like Minnesota and Kirk Cousins, who by the way is entering his last year in Minnesota with a new head coach and a new general manager, they can't move off of him this year, but they can move off of him next offseason. Minnesota's new coach might be set up to fail, yeah, you've got talented receivers and a running back, but you might be set up in a position to fail because you don't have the quarterback and no real means to acquire that quarterback. If you go to Denver, you're going to get fired after three years. Unless they miraculously luck their way into a Aaron Rodgers or a franchise quarterback, nope. Probably going to get fired after three years. Because if Brian Flores is getting fired after three years when he literally could not have done any better, maybe they make one playoff appearance and it changes the math. But Brian Flores is no better or no worse a coach because they, again, lose to the Jaguars in the middle of the season. He's no better or no worse a coach. Still gets fired at the end of the day. And if you're making your decisions over one Matthew Wright field goal, if Matthew Wright makes a field goal and you're the seven seed, you keep Brian Flores... But if you're the eight seed at 9-8, and eight, you fire Brian Flores. Like, if you're making decisions by that, that's just an inept decision as a franchise. That's just inept, short-sighted decision-making by Steven Ross, which it probably might be. We have to at least consider the possibility that that's a situation. I know the reports that there's a fallout between Greer and Brian Flores, and Flores doesn't want to play Tua, but the Dolphins also don't show a total commitment to Tua because they're trying to see if they can get Deshaun Watson. All of that is to say, I don't know why you side with Chris Greer over Brian Flores, but the point being with Miami, they went 19 and 15 the last two seasons or 19 and 14 the last two seasons. And even that wasn't good enough because you still don't have a franchise quarterback and you still didn't make the playoffs over the teams that do have a franchise quarterback. And if you don't have one of those 10 guys Your job is totally disposable. And if you do have one of the 10 guys, it buys you a lot of job security. If you're Zach Taylor, who should have been fired after last season or Brandon Staley, when I don't know if he's a good coach or not, or Cliff Kingsbury, where Cardinals fans are calling for his job because they want to try and find the better coach and people would want to line up to coach Kyler Murray or Sean McDermott, who's had relative success no idea if he's a good coach or not. Both of his coordinators are getting interviewed in the next couple of weeks, so maybe that changes the math there. Again, you get total job protection just from having that quarterback. And if you don't have that quarterback, even Brian Flores is totally disposable. So I'm going to say it right now in going through the head coaching cycle search. Uh, whoever the Minnesota Vikings hire, going to get fired within four years. Whoever the, Chica- the Chicago Bears hire, Might have a chance because Justin Herbert or Justin Fields at least has a ballpark chance of being a franchise quarterback. Whoever the Denver Broncos hire, going to get fired within three years. Immediately guarantee. Uh, Whoever the Jacksonville Jaguars hire, puncher's chance. Trevor Lawrence could develop into something special. He's obviously one of these can't miss prospects, and I'm giving him a year's pass. So, ballpark of a chance to work out. Whoever the Houston Texans hire, going to get fired. Seems pretty clear on that one. Uh, whoever, again, David Culley's still technically employed at the time you're listening to this. Whoever the Seahawks hire, probably going to work out. Probably going to get five to six years in that job. Because they got Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's going to give them some job protection. But the big ones that I would just throw out there are whoever gets hired in Denver, going to get fired in three years. Whenever the Giants decide to fire Joe Judge, whoever they hire there, going to get fired in three years, unless Matt Corral becomes a franchise quarterback. Whoever the Minnesota Vikings hire, probably going to get fired in three years. If the Carolina Panthers go ahead and fire Matt Rule, they gave him a seven-year contract but couldn't figure out the quarterback position, going to get fired. Uh, Whoever they hire after that, probably going to get fired. Carolina Panthers, pretty incompetent. Houston Texans, Not in a position to land a quarterback anytime in the near future unless they get the number one pick next year with Bryce Young. And even that might not be a guarantee. So whoever they hire this time, probably going to get fired. It's kind of what I'm learning about this cycle. If you don't have the franchise quarterback, your job is totally disposable. At least that's the message that was being sent today in this hiring cycle by firing Brian Flores and not really having any clear replacement to follow them. You're just basically saying, well... We didn't get Justin Herbert, so this one ends up being a failure. It's a rough break, but it is the harsh reality of the NFL. I also heard people saying Vic Fangio never got a fair shot because they never even tried to hit on a franchise quarterback. Totally fair. But you can find another Vic Fangio. The Broncos are about to do it because there it looks like they're going to hire Dan Quinn. That just feels like another Fangio. So coach is pretty interchangeable at that point. We'll see how it works out for all of those teams. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in here to the take it easy podcast here on a wonderful, wonderful Tuesday. We've got a great lineup coming at you the rest of the week. Uh, Walter Mitchell's coming back. Hopefully Blake Jude will be back hoping to get razor Rosenthal. We'll, We'll get a whole lineup of our favorite friends here for the next three days heading into wild, wild, wild card weekend. Maybe we'll talk about the wild card games. Maybe we won't. This was kind of an interesting day for content because it is January and that is rich with championships because we are coming up on the end of the 2021 sports calendar, which remember officially ends after the Super Bowl. So thanks for stopping in everybody. And as always, take it easy. We'll talk to you again tomorrow hey georgia are you looking forward to the national championship game of course you are but you know what else you could be looking for a new used lightly used upgrade or downgrade on your car if you're looking for the best options out there on the market then you need to come on down to the one and only stenson bennett kia chevy subaru honda volkswagen of georgia That's right. Not only is Stenson Bennett the quarterback of the national championship contending Georgia Bulldogs, but he's also here to give you the best deals. You see, Stenson has no real future prospects in the NFL. And as a walk-on football player at the University of Georgia, Stenson is here to sell you all of the wonderful new used trade-ins, slightly upgrade or slightly downgraded cars at your disposal. Get a fantastic 2022 off your latest purchase or trade-in if you get in before the national championship game and if georgia wins the national championship game which they will not you will get a whopping 22 percent off championship bonus on a brand new kia chevy subaru honda or volkswagen so come on in today to the one and only Stenson Bennett Kia Chevy Subaru Honda Volkswagen today!